When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. 
bringing you camp notes from August 26th of 2021. I'll be doing this show solo, so uh, if I stumble a little bit or take a little bit of time with my drink, uh, toss me a mulligan on that. Padless practice today, the last one open to the media for this summer, at least the last one open to the general media, the uh, uh, regular beat guys get to go for about 30 minutes a day for the rest of the time, I believe. But this was, a you know, the full practice open to the media. Uh, large number of absences that cloud, I believe, who will play in this last preseason game. Absent again, Marquise Brown, Trace McSorley. There was an update from Harbaugh on him that he could be as back as early as the opener. Uh, obviously, that would, that he'd have to be on the roster for that. Rashad Bateman. Sammy Watkins, another update from Harbaugh. It's not a serious injury. We've heard this for a while, of course, but John reiterating that they are being extremely careful with Watkins' injury, and and that's the reason why he's not there. Uh, Anyway, uh, we'll see. Expect him back by the opener, I suppose. Jimmy Smith, still not there. Uh, I have not heard an update on him yet. Patrick Ricard was not at practice. Justice Hill, obviously fighting for a roster spot, not at practice. Marlon Humphrey. Justin Houston, Ataro Alaco has, has not been in a practice in a long time. I expect uh, some sort of settlement will be coming with him fairly soon. Juwan James uh, has not been in practice yet this year. Miles Boykin, Nick Boyle still has not been at practice. Derek Wolf, uh, perhaps a serious one. Aaron Crawford again out, and Brandon Williams. Uh, returning today were a couple of players, a wide receiver, and this is much appreciated for this group. Deion Kane was back at practice and took some snaps today. Uh, ben Cleveland uh, was at practice. Now he's been out, came back, left practice early. He's back again today and and uh, taking some snaps. So in the 11 on 11 drills, which is the most important. So I expect he'll see action on Saturday at this point. He's really a key player uh, that the Ravens need to make a choice on. Uh, seems to be a little bit buried on the depth chart at this point, as we'll as we'll talk about in a little bit. In terms of receivers present, the Ravens had Moore, Prochet, Duvernay, Gray, Wallace, Kane, Mariner, and Victor. Needless to say, that's not the starting top three or four guys that the Ravens expected to have for this year. But uh, you know, the draft pick Wallace getting some getting some time, and of course, Prochet and Duvernay continue to make the most out of. Uh, practice this uh, this offseason in this camp. Uh, one injury scare the Ravens had today, Phillips went down during 11-on-11. He's clutching his leg. Uh, they actually moved the line of scrimmage uh, away so that he would uh, they could treat him on that spot. Uh, but after about two minutes, he got back up and uh, was back in the play just a, a few minutes later. So uh, good news there and uh, on that injury scare. I had the good fortune, first of all, let me just say this, without fans at camp, um, it is a completely different and rather eerie phenomenon to, to watch practice. Uh, you know, you come in and the stands are not there anymore. They've been broken down and you kind of lose track of exactly where the pathways are. In fact, I stepped on some grass I wasn't supposed to step on today. So that, so that was bad. At least I felt bad about it. But you can hear a lot more from the coaches directly, which is really cool. So the offensive line coaching, uh, you know, again, Joe D is, is someone I always like to, like to focus on in terms of how he's teaching um, very specific elements of offensive line play. And, and uh, it, it's, he's a very funny guy to listen to. Uh, cultural references come straight out of 1955. Of course, and Joe D is an older guy, but I'll give you a couple examples here. 
to Bozeman, uh, he, he mentioned that he wants to see short controlled steps. And this, this had to do with how they were moving outside and, and, uh, and making blocks against a machine, a pad machine. And uh, after the next rep, his steps were in line. He said, there you go. Got your Fred Astaire shoes on now. So, I, I, you know, relatable to current players, maybe. I think people know who, who Fred Astaire is, but uh, kind, of, kind of funny stuff. Uh, he had some tough love for Phillips when they were doing some zone blocking schemes. Uh, don't mix up your peas and mashed potatoes. And so what he meant by that is don't forget that it's, it's zone blocking scheme A versus zone blocking scheme B, and you need to change the angle at which you move. And so he was, he was uh, tough and he, you know, he really wanted to know that he understood that. Uh, but is the, the cultural references are just always very funny because they're, they're old timey. Then I spent a little bit of time going over and watching the defensive line. And that's got a different coach, certainly very relatable to players who are a little younger. Anthony Weaver, who was a draft pick of the Ravens of 2002, uh, towering figure, um, certainly as coaches go anyway, but he stands about 6'4", I would say, and uh, really a com- very commanding presence as a, as, a, uh, as a coach. I think he was defensive coordinator of the Texans last year, if I recall. But anyway, doing a real good job this year with the defensive line. They did a little bit of a tennis ball drill, uh, a hand-eye coordination drill where they're trying to uh, catch a ball in one hand and then make a move with their other. So it was often catch the ball with left or right and then a rip move with the other as quickly as they could thereafter. Um, there is a lot of hand-eye coordination in pass rushing, certainly, and in, in defensive line play in particular, uh, that, that they're, different players have different ways of teaching themselves. And we've seen some from Justin Houston over the past weeks, if you, if, week, if you've seen the video of him teaching young players about how muscle memory works when working against a dummy. And, and you know, he, he tries to do it without, with his eyes closed to try and remember things better. I, I, I was very much reminded of that when I saw Calais Campbell working through specific pass rush drills against a dummy he he has a very slow, methodical approach. He's obviously trying to get that muscle memory down is point A, point B, point C. And, he's, and he goes through them at a much slower pace than the other linemen go through. The other linemen are ABC and, and you know, just trying to hit their hit that dummy as quickly as possible. I think Campbell, you know, older, wiser veteran is realizing the muscle memory is more important uh, in a lot of ways than showing the coach how quickly you could do that drill. And certainly he's not in any danger of being cut. So uh, that's interesting. So they did some, um, uh, you know, some single arm distancing from the dummy, which is an interesting thing. You've heard me probably say on this show before, one arm longer is longer than two for a defensive lineman. And the defensive lineman understand that since most pass blocking, you really want to have two hands together. A defensive lineman can create balance issues and, the, and, and uh, spacing issues for an offensive lineman by getting one long arm into the body of an offensive lineman, dictating contact and then forcing them to potentially lose contact with one of their arms and getting around the corner on them. And it was interesting to see Deer Weaver say, make that one arm longer than two while this, why the, this drill went on. And then an interesting one, they go directly to the body of the dummy. Then they slap the dummy with the, with the other arm, be that left or right. Uh, they did a little bit with the cross chop as well. So this is something that, that we've seen from Ngakwe in, in the past is really his go-to move involves uh, getting that uh, uh, arm 
onto the outside, your left arm, usually if you're, if you're rushing from the blind side of most quarterbacks, get your left arm on the outside arm of that tackle and then use that other arm uh, to either swipe or rip. But, uh, but that cross chop move was uh, uh, something they, they practiced and they, they, most of them wanted to run that one quickly, but again, Campbell kind of running it slowly. We went on to some 11 on 11 play. One of the things I like to see is who's going with the ones and twos in 11 on 11 play. Cause I think that's a really good indicator of who's up to be starting. And in particular in the next preseason game at left guard, which is really the only position that's, that's up for grabs at this point, Ben powers was starting with the first team. Uh, and, and he, all of those reps were consistently powers, which, you know, is a pretty clear indication to me that powers now has the lead. It's an amazing turnaround from a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Powers with a great game, of course, against Carolina uh, now looks like he's in position to start the season as the left guard. And we'll see if that's how it, uh, it turns out. He certainly has starting experience from the end of last year, and he looked very physical against Carolina. Please go back and read my piece if you're interested in seeing some of that block-by-block scoring and, and how I looked at it. But he, he definitely was an A in that game as, uh, as I scored it with a number of highlight blocks. Uh, let's see. What do we want to talk about next? Uh, the other starters, as you'd expect, Stanley back full participation at this point. Uh, you know, this was a padless practice, but he's taking part in the 11 on 11 drills and, uh, he Bozeman, Zeitler and Villanueva made out the rest of the ones, the twos, Schofield, Phillips, Cologne, Bredesen and Sarl, um, Ely and now Cleveland are with the threes. Now Cleveland, I believe it's just a case of him being his first day back, but it does appear to be a little bit lower on the depth chart that I think that Ravens had anticipated when they drafted him. Uh, also had some time for Phillips at right tackle. Uh, he could be the first guy up there as well. That's uh, you know certainly a possible change that the uh, Ravens would make. Interesting, I think that Schofield is really getting all the time on the left at this point. They're not trying to m- m- put Phillips in there, so it's Schofield, I believe, is the guy we'll see in the Washington game, maybe for the entire game, or at least after Stanley retires. I think we'll see him for a very substantial look against as good competition as they can get for for Michael Schofield because he's right on that roster bubble. He's a guy that I think would provide the the third guy on the team who could play left tackle and be a little bit reliable pass blocker. So I think they really would like to keep him if they could. Uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about whether that's practical to do it in the initial roster cut down day, or if he might have to be re-signed after they slip someone an injured reserve. But, uh, but either way, Schofield uh, was at left tackle with the twos um, in in this game. Uh, Ely, uh, a guy who's with the threes. I'm not sure if I mentioned that already, but uh, uh, great 11 snap effort versus Carolina. doesn't really seem to have moved him up. Uh, on the depth chart there. I did not notice Patrick McCary on the field for 11 on 11s. He was snapping the ball as a center earlier, but I did not notice him in him for 11 on 11s. That doesn't mean he wasn't playing right guard because I've got a hole in my list of twos at right guard. So he might've been there. I don't want to set up any alarms here, but, uh, but I did not see him. Stars of the day. We had Deshaun Elliott. Uh, after that big big preseason game, he had an interception early in seven-on-seven seven drills on the left seam uh, and a pass defense 10 yards down the left seam versus Tony Poljan on a pass from Huntley, uh, continuing his fine play uh, this preseason. I, I want to say overall, this was an extremely low-intensity practice. And when I say that, I mean that um, there really was almost no defensive contact uh, from the from the defensive backs. So it's something I've been mentioning in terms of 
trying to avoid some of the hype with receivers in, in camp is that you got to remember these guys are not getting the kind of DB contact they would get during the regular season. And I, I noted some specific plays uh, that, that, that definitely fit into this category, but more than I've seen at any other camp this year, more than any other uh, day of camp this year, the DBs were not going to the body on receivers. They were not trying to hack the hands of receivers. They were not even really reaching into the hands of receivers to try and deflect the football. So if they couldn't make the play away from the body of the receiver, as Elliott did on an interception at PD, they really didn't try and go in to get that ball out. Um, that's obviously an enormous, makes the wide receiver's job enormously easier. Um, and it makes the DB occasionally look bad by his unwillingness to do this. But Believe me, uh, there's been a talking to. They don't want any more wide receivers hurt at this point, and they want to make sure they can get through these last practices without further disruption. So that's what they're telling the DBs to do. And I think what we may see this Saturday uh, against the Redskins is a defense that is absolutely foaming at the mouth to hit people because this obviously uh, is not the way they want to practice. They would love to practice probably more physically, get to the body more, knock the ball loose, knock some people down, frankly. And, and it's kind of an interesting thing because I think it may set off a feeding frenzy for this Ravens defense on Saturday to come back and, and really hit the Redskins in the mouth. Uh, sorry, the, Red, the Washington football team in the mouth over their, uh, uh, you know, their lack of ability to deliver physical contact this week. Another guy who had kind of a mixed day was Ardarius Washington. Uh, he squeezed Prochet out of bounds, 30 yards on the right sideline. I thought that was a really good play. Uh, it was it was getting close to the sort of contact that, that they probably told him not to have, but it was a good job of, of using that sideline as an extra fender and something you certainly want to see from a defensive back. Uh, he also got beat deep over the middle uh, by Andrews on another play, and uh, that was part of a – continued incredible connection with with Mark Andrews that that Lamar has had so he completed you know a number of long passes to him today a 20 yarder by the left sideline uh, that beat both Wade and Harrison that was in seven on seven uh, our Darius Washington as I mentioned just a minute ago um, deep between the hashes uh, he overthrew him 25 yards down the left sideline again this is a play where the 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 defensive back probably has given up on the play as the ball is even close to arriving. So he's, he allows, you know, three, four, five yards of separation. That ball happened to be overthrown, but uh, it gives you an idea of the physicality and the lack of it in this practice. He had a 10-yard tip drill play to himself. So it was kind of a uh, an out route, about 10 yards on the right sideline. Uh, Brandon Stevens was right there and could have done something about it as soon as the ball was tipped. But again, low physicality of practice. Andrews actually was able to tip the ball to himself and eventually catch it after about three tips. Uh, it, nice to be able to do that. There's no way that happens in a real game. Obviously, that ball, it, it's either hitting the ground or it's intercepted, you know, the way that goes. So, again, uh, I would really love to see Lamar have more targets that he would go to, like most uh, fans, I think. But uh, right now, he's very locked in on Andrews. He's being very careful with the football. He left the pocket a couple times today, um, you know, on, on scrambles and, uh, and took a sack or two. Too. So they, uh, uh, she's just being very careful with the football at this point. Football is being delivered well, by the way. I think I've seen some of the things about the tighter spirals. Uh, so it's not that's not the problem. The problem is just that, that he doesn't really seem to be locked into other receivers the way he's locked into uh, uh, to Mark Andrews. 
So some other notes on the 11 and 11 play Huntley missed some throws, including uh, two balls deflected at the line of scrimmage. That was early in, in the, uh, in practice, there were lots of drops today. So there wasn't, it wasn't a good day for the offense. They weren't scoring practice, you know, that offense, defense score, scorecard they often keep. Uh, but Wallace had a ball go off his hands. Mariner had a ball go off his hands. Uh, we had Devin Gray drop the ball. It was just about a five yard throw. Um, I'm not sure I recorded every single one by a long shot, but, uh, or, or at least by one, uh, I think there was a, uh, another that I did not record because I seemed to have this mental note that I had four, but, uh, but anyway, not a great day for hitting the receivers or catching the ball. And unfortunately, a lot of that was Huntley, um, doing that. Uh, in terms of big plays, though, had some good things to report. Anthony Averett had a big PD undercutting a ball five yards by the left sidelines. Love to see that. Uh, kind of was reminiscent of Warriors pass defense against Carolina. Uh, you know, kind of a, a a risky pass defense. But if you if you get all the way to the football, you might take it to the house. If you knock it down, you know, you often are, are preventing an important play. And it's usually a high leverage gamble to, to make that play. But a good play by Averitt to do that. Patrick Queen got in very quickly for a sack. Um, he was even already had his shoulders shrugging to ask for the whistle to be blown. And they finally did it. Uh, Jalen Moore caught a 40-yard pass over Averitt. Uh, that was down the left side. I couldn't really type his left sideline, left seam. I guess you don't really care. Uh, Zeitler pancaked Chris Smith as a pass blocker. That was one of the blocking highlights. Very brother-in-law-ish play. So there wasn't a lot of ripping, rip moves and other things going on in the middle of that line play. A lot of uh, away, taking it easy, extending against the left tackle kind of thing. And, and we didn't see the kind of pass rush moves we have um, you know, a lot of the rest of camp. So uh, this was an interesting one to have him have him hit the ground, having Smith hit the ground. Uh, Jackson completed a 30-yard pass to Deion Kane. Nice to see him back. Andrews tipped the pass to himself. We already talked about that one. And Broderick Washington had a sack on a very quick penetration. So as I mentioned, this is the last day of camp and a lot of fun covering this with you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, We hope you'll uh, continue during the season. If you want to do a film study short with me, please just send me a direct message on Twitter. Any topic, don't wait for me to contact you. Please contact me if you've got an idea. I'd love to get you on air and and, uh, on the pod. Uh, Anyway, uh, much appreciated, folks. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.